We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Tons to dive into today around the NBA. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you holding up in the wake of the U.S. men's national team's exit from the World Cup? It is uh, still weighing on me heavily. Yeah, I, it was disappointing the way they played. The fact that they yeah. lost in the knockout phase, I'm not that part. I'm not as uh, down on it. Just as you know, kind of is what it is, right? They they just they they didn't play well. They they mm-hmm. uh, couldn't finish chances in the box themselves, and then didn't mark guys in the box on the other end. And that's you know always gonna, gonna go poorly when you don't do that. I've watched uh, more than enough soccer at all sorts of levels to know there's a two 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 universal truths. If you don't finish your chances and you give the other team clean ones, you're gonna end up losing. Yeah, oh yeah, it's like missing a layup on one end. You know you're giving up mm-hmm. either a layup or a three going back the other way. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, That was the frustrating part. I said they were playing with house money as soon as they got out of the group stage. That was all that was expected out of them. Um, they're one of the youngest teams in the tournament, so I, I was not expecting them to get past the Netherlands, but was hoping them to show a little bit better. Clearly, mm-hmm. over the next four years, before the World Cup comes to North America, they got to find a striker, and they've got some more work to do. But I don't want to spend too much time on on soccer here or football, <laughs> whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Is there a point where we can just start calling it football? Probably not because the NFL, huh? Yeah, probably not. I, I don't think that's ever going to take on, especially not with the whole prevalence of the, it's called soccer chance and all that stuff uh, at the world cup. I don't think we're ever going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It is a bit weird. Football just makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. You actually use your football and, and yeah. That's that's yep. a whole different rabbit hole to go down. Let's <laughs> let's dive into some NBA drama here. And let's start off with Trey Young. Things are getting icy. Trey Young and, and the Hawks. Uh this whole situation. Yikes. Uh, not wanting to deal with not wanting to go through a shoot around, wanting to get treatment instead. Puts him at odds with Nate McMillan, who says either show up to this or you're gonna come off the bench, or just don't even show up to the game at all. And he chooses not to show up to the game at all uh not great what's going on in atlanta yeah i mean by all accounts it's just another run-in with trey young and a coach this is two two coaches in a row now nate mcmillan after uh, uh lloyd pierce he had issues with both of them so we'll see you know where that kind of goes from there obviously the hawks are committed to trey young long term mm-hmm. uh he's 
you know, they give him a ton of money. He's the star player on that team. He's one of the most popular players in the league. But at some point, this stuff has to like get resolved. You can't keep having run-ins uh, with coaches. If it's if it was once, you start to look at and say, all right, well, the coach is probably equally as at fault. Uh, once it happens a second time, that gets a little sketchy, right? Where it's like, all right, uh, the only consistent variable here is you. So what are we doing uh, in this situation? So um Atlanta just though John Collins trade rumors. There's mm-hmm. rumors of really guys being unhappy with contract statuses, all sorts sorts of stuff over the last couple of years. So you start to wonder, like, do do you need to just start to shake things off? That core group outside of Dejounte Murray has been there together for a while. Is it time to maybe start looking at doing something different? I would be, very, and you know what I said over the summer that I would be surprised if the Hawks didn't make a move with John Collins, and I, I, I'm going to be surprised again if they don't do something with him by the trade deadline. He's just yeah. been in rumors for way too long here. Um, the Trey Young situation, Keith, I, this this comes as no surprise. I had multiple, like probably a dozen Lakers fans reach out to me <laughs> saying, hey, what about this trade for Trey Young? Sure. No, we're not, we're not at that. St- the Hawks, first no. of all, the Hawks aren't going to trade him. If they were going to trade him, there would be teams willing to give everything to get him. I, I don't think that's the way this is going here. But this is something worth keeping an eye on moving forward here. And interestingly enough, the Hawks actually beat a good Nuggets team without Trey Young. So, uh, you know, it's not like they're they're dropping in the standings and there's you know all this concern about, hey, we need to do something because we're losing games. No, they've actually been, been pretty good and they're sitting okay right now in the Eastern Conference. I just think at some point they've got to figure this out with Trey and figure out some way to make things work. And maybe team meetings and all that is just it's not enough at this point. Yeah, no, for sure. That's the challenge is, you know, where, where do you go? And it just feels like overall, that's an unhappy roster that, that mm-hmm. needs some change at some point soon. All right, let's get into a, an unfortunate story. Nasir Little out six weeks with a hip fracture. The Blazers have been dealing with a number of injuries. Damian Lillard dealing with a calf issue as well. Um, what, what does this mean for the Blazers, for Nasir Little? Is this something that can be a, an ongoing thing, something you'll be concerned about, you know, three months from now, or is this kind of six weeks, he's good to go, and, and you move on? I mean, I guess this six weeks is the, like, front end of getting back to basketball activity. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine a hip fracture or something you're going to bounce right back from. I, I don't have a ton of the details on, you know, is it a is a you know full frat like i don't know the fracture is such a kind of nebulous term sometimes so hey i'm not sure but i do know for portland for as long as he's out low to their depth um they just got damian lillard back just got uh josh hart he was out for only a couple games but lillard back uh you've got a couple other guards and wings that you can kind of mix through there but nasir little was a key rotation guy uh for that portland team and now they're going to be without him for a little while so they're going to be relying on a guy like trendon watford who's actually played pretty well for them uh to step in and continue to give them more minutes uh he can play alongside jeremy grant in lineups where they become kind of interchangeable forwards and they've done that somewhat other guys have been out josh hart's minutes will probably pick up and then probably Shaden sharp probably sees more minutes in uh you know three guard alignments alongside lillard and simons as opposed to playing with one of the two of them which is what he's done for most of the season thus far and the hope has to be for portland that lillard returning is is going to stabilize them obviously they were they slid while he was out Mm -hmm. um they're currently sitting in eighth in the western conference but the west is so compact i mean one good week could or one bad week could move you up or down a ton um, with the way the West is shaping up. So right now they're sitting in the eighth seed. They were the one seed at one point. Again, I, I think the standings are going <laughs> to 
they're going to fly all over the place for for a little bit. Yeah, I, somehow I don't think they're going to get back to that status. Though. Sure, I, I, but you know, somewhere between four and ten, you know, yeah. maybe eleven or twelve. You know, we'll see. That, that feels about right. All right, let's talk trade here. Eric Gordon has been discussed in multi-team scenarios. Not a surprise. It it felt like the the right time for Houston to pull the trigger on an Eric Gordon trade was probably like a year and a half ago. Um, and here they are still, he's still under contract with them older player, but could shoot. And there's a lot of teams that are, that are going to be looking for that. Um, why a multi-team trade? Is that just, they, they can't find a one for one deal that, yeah. that makes sense. Or, or what are we looking at here? This was attached to some of the Jay Crowder reporting. So I think it, that's mm. where it was, was there's not a natural match between the, those two teams. There's been thoughts of Eric Gordon to the Suns in the past, but Jay Crowder going back to the Rockets doesn't make sense. That's not anything the Rockets need to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where my guess is the multi-team part of this comes from as Crowder goes somewhere, Gordon goes somewhere, and then the Rockets get younger players, picks, th things like that, 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 me for them he's 19.5 million this year next year he's 20.9 million but that contract is fully non-guaranteed until the end of june unless gordon makes the all-star team that's not gonna happen no. um or whatever team he's on wins the championship this season then it becomes fully guaranteed and much like we talked about with like the al horford deal back in the day you're fine to let the deal become fully guaranteed if and then you won the title. Like, yeah, then you're, you're perfectly happy to to say, hey, that's the cost of winning a championship. Let's go. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Eric Gordon definitely helped help be on any number of teams with his uh for on a really good team. He'd probably be an off the bench, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth man kind of guy. Come in, provide you some scoring and shooting, and you know, there's a lot of teams that could use him. I think the issue in, from past seasons, because you know, my Lakers have been involved in discussions around, well, basically every player, but but um, it, it's felt like the Rockets had a really high asking price for Eric Gordon. Obviously, they did, because if they didn't, then something would have would have been done. I, I can't see a team giving up a, a first at this point for Eric Gordon. Maybe there's a bigger deal where it, where it makes sense, but what do you think is the market value for a, for a player like him? Um, Probably some combination of a... First round pick, a protected first for sure, like something. Yeah, like yeah, protected top, first is a different lottery first, top twenty, maybe even protected. But yeah, I think that would make sense. If you do, as long as you can put protections on something, it's when you get into unprotected and stuff that it gets. Yeah, it gets you just crazy. can't. Yeah, I mean, an unprotected pick would be nuts because if it, you know, if you oh, everything went sideways on you, you can't be giving up a you know, lottery pick for for a year of Eric Gordon. That, that absolutely. Would work. All right, speaking of trades and the Lakers, uh, Zach Lowe mentioned that the Lakers had had internal talks about potentially pursuing uh, DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic from the Chicago Bulls. My, my first thought on this, and I talked about this over on Lakers Nation, was, so what? They've had internal – I'm sure they've had internal talks about yeah. uh, what 400 <laughs> yeah. players at this point, right? Like yeah. they've had internal talks about it. And every team – that's not unique to the Lakers. That's every team is talking about every – because that's what you're supposed to do. That's mm -hmm. the job. Um, so it's in that sense, it's kind of much to do about nothing. Um, but bigger picture, I guess the question becomes, uh, do the Bulls eventually become a seller – sometime before the the trade deadline. When you look at the NBA right now, the way things are stacked up, there's not that many teams that are really positioned to be sellers. And part of that is, you know, the impact of the play in tournament. But will the Bulls eventually decide to rip that bandaid off and become a seller at the trade deadline? I don't I don't know if that if that's the way that's going to go. But I'm not I don't think this is a sign that there's a pending you know negotiation here with the Lakers that's that's happening. 
No, I, I didn't take that to be the case either at all. I think there's two sides to this. One is focusing on the bull side of it first is there is clearly some idea out there amongst other teams that the bulls are um, open for business to some extent. Um, you're starting to hear other teams mentioned in conjunction with more guys like Vucevic and things like that guys, you know, cause he's on that expiring contract, stuff like that. So I think what, what we can take away is teams may push to see all right, Chicago, you, you stink right now. They're nine and 14. Uh, they've lost three in a row. They're, they're really not playing well mm -hmm. at all. Now they're still only four games out of home court advantage because it's so early, but if you don't turn it around within the next month or so, that's, that starts to get a little worrisome beyond just this. And I think one of the thought processes that's out there when you talk to folks around the league is, well, they're locked in on Levine. So he can't go anywhere. Lonzo can't, you can't move him right now because you'd be, you have to give up stuff to, to get off of his contract because he's with the knee problems. So that kind of leaves DeRozan and Vucevic. So where are you going? Because Kobe White doesn't really hold much trade value and the rest of the roster is kind of, you know, more role player types. So that turns into, you know, all right, if you wanted to reset this. But what I think gets missed a little bit, a lot of people get super excited about like, hey, maybe the Bulls should just tank. They owe Orlando a top four protected pick. So unless you feel really confident you can fully bottom this thing out and land in the top four, you tanked for nothing because now you're going to lose that pick to right. the Magic and hand them a pick you know, in the five to ten range. Maybe that happens anyway. We don't know that that's you know, certainly possible. But uh, right now, from, from that side, that, that's what I think is going on on the, the bull side of this. Yeah, I mean, and that's with the flattened, or not completely flattened, but the more flattened lottery odds. Mm -hmm. I mean, how comfortable would the Bulls ever – feel like even if you drop to the worst record there's still that chance mm -hmm. i mean you, yeah you feel be, good if you're time. like if you're in that top three mix like if you were the worst record in the league i think you'd feel pretty good because that would mean four teams would have to jump up and then that's not gonna happen just being realistic yeah. but if you're like three or four you're you know two teams away from bumping you back and now all of a sudden hey orlando here's a really great pick mm -hmm. you know again because that already happened once uh when they got franz wagner so um yeah you, you got to be really really cautious if you're the bulls now the lakers side of this i mean we're hearing every day it feels like another report of the lakers are close to something they're the lakers are involved in x y and z sure and all this stuff and, and a lot of people seem to think december 15th which is it, it's weird. It's starting. They People are starting to think like that's when trades are allowed. Right. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of that as though <laughs> yeah, there's like, like Adam Silver <laughs> fires off a starting yeah. gun and, and like the, the race begins yeah. on December yeah, 15th. We have a two month something. trade season run. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it means, go. It, to some extent, it kind of is, but trades are allowed right now. Trades can happen today. Yep. There, there's no, uh, the minute the league year, you know, flips over and the moratorium noise over, trades can happen all the way up to the trade deadline. The December 15th, uh, significance is that's when the vast majority of the players who are traded over the summer or signed over the summer rather can be traded. Um, what happens is if you sign on July 7th, uh, you can't be traded until December 15th. That's the way it works. It's either three months or December 15th. So whatever is the, the, uh, the, the date there that, that comes with that. So what happens in that situation is, um, you know, those guys will sit and they'll have to wait until December 15th um, on that. And that's why I think with the Lakers, but I think I, I don't get the sense this is going to be a 
massive blockbuster, like a rush trade that delivers, you know, two, two guys. Cause most of what has been kind of bubbling out there that could be done today. There's no reason to wait yeah. on that unless there's somebody they really want to include in the deal or get back uh, the other way. Um, I think it's more like, all right, well, we're going to move this smaller salaried player or two smaller salaries to go get something that's, that's some kind of rotation upgrade. And now the thing is, as I know you're, you're well aware of, it starts to make a heck of a lot more sense to start looking at deals if you're the Lakers because they're playing pretty good. And now you're seeing, you've seen a couple teams in front of them. Minnesota is having some issues. A couple of the other teams, Portland, we already talked about. Uh, everybody, I think, kind of expects maybe Utah will still fall out of the mix there. Uh, now, all of a sudden, you can start saying, all right, Lakers, you you, you can start making a run at that you know, five, six range um, and at least feel like, all right, if nothing else, we could get in the play in and we can take handle our business from there. I don't and I don't even think the December 15th stuff is necessarily like, oh, my gosh, because, you know, they've got this yeah. trade lined up for a player who just signed this past summer. So let's figure out who that is. I think it's more, let's see, you know, it's going to take time for other teams to be ready to make trades. And then December yep. 15th is usually when teams start to really get a sense for what they have, for where they're at, what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do, all that sort of stuff starts to take shape around that time. I think it's more about that rather than there's a player who was signed over the summer that suddenly becomes available. Things around the NBA do open up then because more mm -hmm. players become available as that, as that point but it's also because teams start to get a clearer picture of what they really have and don't. Well, when you're the Lakers and you have, I don't know what the number is, I'd have to count it, but it's got to be at least seven or eight guys that you signed over the summer. Even if it's somebody like Juan Toscano Anderson, who's not sure. currently in the rotation, and you just need to throw his salary in to make it work, that that could be a, another part of the whole we got to wait until December 15th, mm -hmm. uh, you know, stuff there. I, I, I don't, I, I really don't think we're going to get, you know, I don't think we're waking up on December 15th to a uh, Woj bomb that says, you know, Russ has been traded for, you know, Turner and healed or Vooch right. and DeRozan or anything like that. I just don't think that's there. And then the bigger thing about the Lakers and internal talks. Yeah. The Lakers can set a million different targets because the single most important thing in any of these trade talks is, before you even get to value, how can you match salary? Uh -huh. That's that's the single biggest thing in trade talks that teams have to be focused on. And with Russ's $47 million, you can match salary on anything. You can do basically any uh, variation of deals you want. Now, then you get into the value of does sure. it have to be picks and you know, what else is going on and you know, and all that stuff. But my guess is they're just going to play it out with him. I, I don't... I don't see anything big coming, especially not with how Willie's been playing uh, well, you know, in that's, recent weeks. That's my, that's my question. And, and you'd be a good person to ask this to. Around the NBA, do you think that the value of Russell Westbrook has has changed in terms of over the summer, we kept hearing that the price of, of a team taking on Russell Westbrook is one unprotected first-round pick. And then if something else is coming back, then that's another first-round pick. That was kind of the general thought mm -hmm. of how teams around the NBA – are valuing Russell Westbrook. You mentioned Russ has been playing better. So his value to the Lakers has probably changed because he's not a net negative at this point. Um, do, but has that really changed anything for teams around the NBA? My guess is no. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I don't think at all um, because I think there's two two pieces you have to have of a conversation there is what role is he going to play for us if we get him, if anything yep. at all, or is he just a contract um, to – 
facilitate the move. And the second part piece needs to be, let's say it is another team that says, you know, we're, we're not bad. We're in the same boat as the Lakers, right? We're kind of middle of the pack. We, we could, you know, make a run at the playoffs, maybe the play in and we go there. Then what you could see happen in that situation is we're going to, we like Russ as a six man. Yeah, but you don't have LeBron in AD. So yeah. <laughs> is he going to buy into being a six man on you know just any team that's out there? Now, I think he should. I think that should Absolutely. be his role going forward. I think when he approaches his next contract this summer with whoever it is, it should be with the idea in mind of, hey, you're going to be a high usage six man, a 25, 30 minute a night six man starter when we need you to be. But that's where we're, we're going to run with this. And I think he'd have massive value to any number of teams in that role. And maybe that's eventually where that will go. But right now, yeah, I think teams would still look at it and say, ah, this is Russ, 47 million. We still need the pick to take on the deal. And, you know, because nobody's going to look at him and be like, oh, 15 assists. Well, plug him right in. He's right. he's our starting point guard and off we go. I don't think any team's going to see it that way. And that's exactly why I think a, a trade is actually even less likely now that he's playing better. Because if you're the Lakers, you don't have as much incentive to pay the price to move him if he's not playing poorly for you. And then conversely, if the price stays the same for another team, you're not going to feel like it's it's okay to have to pay to get him off your roster again. So I think that makes it even less like it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Maybe sure. something comes up, but. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just in terms of the value piece to this, I think that... uh a deal is even less likely now than it would have been over the summer. Yeah. And I think the reason why we don't use absolutes, everybody is the minute you start using absolutes, you, you're, you're, you're lost, right? Uh, Only a Sith deals in absolutes. That's that. That's why we say just hoops, no hot takes. If this was a hot take show, we would be saying the Lakers are trading Russell Westbrook. I will (laughs) stake my reputation on it. And and one of us would argue the other side. And one of us would argue the other side. No, you're, you're crazy. And yeah. 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 That's what would happen. That's not this show, though. Let's move on before we delve into those dark waters. Um, <laughs> Dean Wade. It was right there. I even used the Sith. Use absolutes. You could have said until we go to the dark side. Oh. <sighs> Missed opportunities. Darn it. Well, Darn I it. would say we'll fix it in post, but we're not going to. No, we're, we're not. not going to. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to. We're not going to fix it in post. And, and you know what? You know what that is? Just to bring it all full circle. I still have the U.S. men's national team on the brain. So, of course, there has to be missed opportunity. Well done. Well done. Um, And Jedi, Jedi, missed opportunity. Did mark his man on the back post. Oh. (laughs) See? Star Wars. Breaks it all. That's that's where we're at. 
That's where we're at. Dean Wade, out three to four weeks with a left shoulder injury. Uh, what is this? I mean, this is a, a depth concern here potentially for, for the Cavs. Mm -hmm. um, probably still raising eyebrows around the NBA from casual fans who think that Dwayne Wade is still playing. Sure. That's, I'm sure that's probably happening as well. Which is really unfair because Dean Wade's good. He is. He's just a good basketball player. He's just unfortunately like named. Yeah, key depth guy for the Cavs. He's been one of their better uh, uh, backup forwards in the mix. There, they they use him at when they want to play those big lineups because he is a legit six foot ten. Uh, they plug him in at small forward and just keep keep moving along. He was uh, starting while uh, some other guys were out um, at times, and now yeah, this left shoulder injury is rough too. And just to give a sense of of what what Dean Wade is, forty one percent three point shooter. Uh, this season, 45% overall from the field, uh, six points, four rebounds, uh, holds his own defensively, um, 24 minutes per game. So that, that's a rotation spot the Cavs are going to have to plug in there. They're they're going through it with, with injuries. Jared Allen is Jared out. Back um, contusion. Out. Yeah, so he, he's out. Wade's out. Um, they, they still don't have Rubio in the lineup. Uh, Kevin Love just recently returned. Karis mm -hmm. Levert is, is just uh, getting back to a few games ago. So Cavs have gone through it a little bit injury wise. So, but still, you know, hanging in there. Still, uh, they're third in the East. Um, you know, playing playing pretty well despite a loss to the Knicks last night. Uh, some rough times for the Wizards right now. Anthony Davis dropped fifty five on them um, last night. Which, All I mean, right, so let's pause there for a second. Yeah. This is the best he's played as a Laker, right? I know yes. they won the title. But I this wrote is... I wrote about this today. Okay. I said I, I talked about how the Lakers, um, they we've been Lakers fans have been hoping to see the 2020 championship version of Anthony Davis again and never would have dreamed that you'd be seeing a better version, and that's what we're getting right now. Yeah, if they let's just say they they play continue to play well and play better. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who's going to be in the MVP mix. Yes. I mean, th that's that's how well he's playing. Now, right now, and, and people may get mad and say, well, he should be right now. They, you're not winning the MVP with an under it's, 500 record. It's right. And, and you happen. can you right. can argue that that's not how it should be. It should just be mm -hmm. the best player, whatever. But that's been a thing for decades. It's, it, yeah. it is what it is. You don't get MVP and it's not baseball, if you're not right? top five or something. Yeah. It's in, not in baseball where a guy can be pitched around and all these sure. things, you know, or one, or, or one guy can hit home runs and if nobody else does anything, like it's, it just isn't. So, but yeah, I mean, I just looked it up, 28.6 points, 12.8 uh, rebounds. I didn't realize he was leading the NBA in rebounding. Um, he's is, uh, he's become an absolute – I haven't looked to see if he's leading the NBA in this yeah, he is offensive, just, offensive boards. He's, uh, he's got to be up there because he's getting three three point four per game. Yeah, so he's. I, I mean, he's feasting on the offensive glass. He has yeah. just been an absolute monster. It's been incredible um, seeing what he's what he's been doing. Um, but the Wizards, obviously, AD went went berserk on them uh, last night, and uh, then we get this as well. Bradley Beal mentioning that I believe it was on Gilbert Arenas's podcast that mm -hmm. the reason why he signed with the Wizards was because contending teams didn't have cap space to sign him. Um, sure. That's not great. That's great. As far, <laughs> right. As far as like his longevity with the wizards, if it's, well, I only signed with this team because nobody that was any good could sign me anyway. Like I know that I'm sure there's more to it and everything. That's not the only reason. And you can soften that sure. and everything, but at its core that, that, that can't feel great for the wizards. Yeah. I'll, I'll give the full quote. He said on the business side of it, there were no teams in the market uh, just free agency wise. I'm just being frank. 
There was nowhere for me, nowhere else for me to go where I can win. There were teams that strategically wasn't what I wanted. Realistically, I won't say my hand was forced, but this was the best option that was on the table. Mm -hmm. Now, what has to upset you if you're the Wizards, where it's like, well, I, I came back just because. They gave him a full max contract with a player option at the end and a no trade clause. Yeah. He has the only like true no trade clause in the NBA right right now, which is, you know, that that just gives you a sense of one how hard they are to come by cuz you have to be with a team uh, for so long to be able to even qualify. But then just like I it's just that has to be maddening if you're a Wizards fan of like hey what like like fan front office everybody together is like wait a minute man now always appreciate the candor always appreciate the honesty like always like appreciate when players tell us the true story behind things mm -hmm. i just get a little bit nervous with this that it is like oh boy now i don't think it changes anything because i don't think anybody's jumping on trading for bradley beal and all yeah. that money that's left and began He'd have to be a desperate team, and because he has a no trade, he might say, "Nah, I'm out. I don't really want to go there anyway." But yeah, this just—I don't know. This, this, this can't feel great if you're a Wizards fan. So when you say that it, it's in particular not good because of the no trade clause and everything and everything that they gave up, should that? I mean, like, should Bradley Beal have said, "Well, you know, the, my intentions aren't the best with signing this contract or I'm only signing this by default or something. So you, you shouldn't give me a no trade clause or how are you like, how, no, I mean, how a player should get, players should get everything they ask for. Right. right? It's a, that it's a two way street, right? It's sure. the team. The wizards could have very easily said, no, we're not giving you a no trade clause. And we don't know how that negotiation went. Did he ask for it or did the wizards just sure. offer it? Right. Cause if they just offered it, well, you know, that's on you. you. Take like, it. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, you know, uh, you know, somebody knocks on my door today and gives me a million dollars. Like, all right, thanks. Like, I mean, I'm sure it'll, nothing will go wrong with that. Right. I think your reaction will be a little bit more than all right. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be a little bit like, wait, why? And then I'm like, and then I would take it and close and lock the door and run away. Uh, <laughs> back into the house. But I, uh, yeah, no, I, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I always look at it as players can add. They should always ask for the moon because mm -hmm. you never know. You never know when a team's going to be like, okay, you know, sounds good to us. Oh, full max deal, player option, no trade clause. Great. Thanks for, for sticking around. Done. Right. Um, you know, so that's the, to me, this is more on the team um, because the no trade clause, that was stunning when it came out in the first place. And now with this revelation from Beal himself, it's a little bit more so. If Beal is not fully in on being a Washington Wizard, how big of a deal does that no trade clause become in his on his trade market? Huge, huge, yeah. because he controls it, right? Normally, teams control trade process to to a large degree. We talked about this kind of ad nauseum with the AD trade, and that one was a little bit more. AD had a lot more control because he was very making Pending it very clear yeah. to teams. I'm 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 not resigning. I'm going to the Lakers. The you know one way or the other. And I think in this case, this is Beal can basically say, yeah, here, here, and here. And we hear about this all the time. You know, player, player X gave a team list of five okay. teams yeah. or whatever. And normally the team's like, cute. Thanks. Great. If they don't make the best offer, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I think in this case with Beal though, it does because otherwise he'll say no, like I'm not, not going there. And, and I think people get um, confused on this. He can keep saying no. This isn't a he can use it once to block a trade. He can continue to say no, no, no on trades right. all the way, you know, until his contract expires if he wants.
Now it yep. doesn't carry over if he is traded, then it's gone. So right. just to be clear. But still, this is something that he can, I mean, he could block a trade indefinitely um, mm-hmm. and in any number of trades. And, and so this, this becomes tricky. I mean, we saw this actually with Kobe way back in the day where there was a deal lined up with, I think there was a deal with the Bulls. There were deals yep. you know, with the Pistons that were talked about. And, and Kobe, I don't recall if it was the Bulls deal or the Pistons deal or which one, but he he was the Bulls deal. It, I, think, I think you're right. I think he looked at, I want to say it was like Lou Aldang coming back mm-hmm. and there were some other pieces. And he looked at what the trade was going to be and he went, well, no, I'd want to play with those guys. There'd be yep. nothing left there. And they went, yeah, <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. So you could see a similar thing with Bradley Beal where if he says, okay, I want to be traded. I don't want to go to teams X, Y, or Z. And then he sees what has to come back in that deal. And you wind up kind of at a stalemate between Beal and, uh, and the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Somehow I don't think this one's going to work out quite as well for the Wizards as uh, Kobe <laughs> did for the Lakers. True. Just ju- just a guess. You know, we'll, we'll see. All right. Kemba Walker still dealing with with knee issues. New Dallas Maverick, Kemba Walker. Um, that's not not good for an older player who you know a lot of his game was coming from athleticism, from his quickness, and he's got these knee issues that seem like they're going to uh, linger. I don't know. I feel bad for for Kemba. I want to see him get get back to being productive and being able to be something on the court. But I mean if you've got knee issues that are not going away, that that's not a good sign. Yeah. And this, this is all related to from Walker's side. He says his knee feels great. It's felt as good as it has felt in the last couple of years. And that now it's just conditioning, ramping himself up and getting ready to go to -hmm. play for the Mavs. This all came out of Mavericks GM, Nico Harrison was asked on a local radio appearance about Kemba Walker. And he said about his knee, it's not good. It's not good at all, but he's rehabbed it. It's the best he's felt in the last two years. So we'll see how long that it lasts. And then he added, well, it hasn't been good for a few years. The reality is if you look at it, it's not that good there, but the, that doesn't mean he can't play on it. So hmm. that's not what you really want to hear about a guy you just signed. Now he's going to be playing on one leg, but yeah. he can play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that Monty Python. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a just a scratch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I uh, yeah, but I think um, I think in this case with Kemba, it is you you wanted to go into this feeling like, all right, hey, we're going to play. I think everybody knows, right? Like this might only hold up for, you know, two months, three months, maybe mm-hmm. six months. And it gets us all the way through a nice playoff run. But and I don't think anybody wanted to go into it with the idea of like, well, yeah, it's probably not going to be very good because that's that's not where you want to be. So, you know, but again, I mean, we, we ask for honesty and candor. And when we get it, I guess we can't be too upset. True, true. All right, let's finish with some positives. TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler back in action tj warren i think he said i'm paraphrasing here he said something like it was it was like a dream or yep. something like that getting back in the, yeah, yeah i mean it's been what two years he had a couple of well, games or whatever but years. i mean that it's been such a journey for him um happy for him to get back on and then to hear him say something like that um so cool that that he's you know made it back and i, I just hope he can really get back to 100 and stay healthy 
Yeah, he looks pretty good physically. Obviously, there's rust and timing issues sure. uh, that are going to have to be knocked off, but he looks good physically. I got to see him play his first game back and then get to see him play against Boston uh, last night. And you know, I, I, he can help the Nets for sure. He, there's definitely some stuff he can do. He had a, he had a really nice play um, in the second half, I think it was, um, where he came, he took a rebound over the top of, of the Celtics and flipped it back in for a nice nice put back. So he, he's going to give them some bench scoring. And then Jimmy Butler, he did more than add a nice game against the Celtics. He absolutely murdered them uh, down the stretch of regulation and in overtime with big shot after big shot as the Heat uh, won one of two in Boston. The, the only team to sweep one of those miniseries this year, Oklahoma City Thunder. Hmm. Uh, won, won two of them. I think those were both over the Clippers and that probably was the Clippers, um, you know, in quotations, because they, you know, I don't know when they ever play anything resembling a full roster on, on, on LA's other team there. I'm starting to get worried about them. I'm, I'm, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. They just, they just got beat up something. by the Kings the other day. Yeah. They've lost their last two. I mean, They're Kawhi a negative a 1.8 in point differential. Yeah. And Kawhi plays a game and then he's out for like a week. Yeah. Like you can't, that can't be a thing. Like, like I get being cautious and I get they're, they're, they're fine, I guess, playoff picture wise, but I don't know, man. They, they were my finals pick. Cause I, I just, I, I didn't think they were going to be quite this cautious and quite this injured again. I thought their depth would get them through, but yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I, I did too. A lot I of mean, season I, to go. I picked them to come out of the West. So yeah. that's, that's not looking great uh, right now. Uh, you mentioned they were the only team. The OKC was the only team to sweep a series. Are you talking about a two game homestand or? Yeah. One of those mini series where it's where you play the same team two games in a row. Oh, the Lakers did this it to the Spurs. Season. Oh, did they? Okay. They did. But All right, so it might have been before. The, that but happened. it's the Spurs. Because that was like last week, right? Yes. Yeah. So this yeah. was, I, I want to say this was before, before the Lakers had played that second Spurs game. But, How crazy yeah. is it? The Spurs have lost 11 straight. I know. And they are not winning the tank race right now. The, the Orlando Magic are, which is yeah. five wins. The Spurs have six. Spurs are ahead of the Pistons, too, by a half yeah. game. Based yep. off the Pistons was awesome. But yeah. Wow. yeah, I mean the Spurs are not. They're like every night it's like, all right, who's playing for the Spurs tonight? Right. Like, bring your sneakers to the I was gonna call it the Alamo Dome because I have no idea what their arena is called now. But you know, bring your sneakers, you might get in the game because you know it's 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 a mess, man. I, but I, you know, I can blame them. Spurs have only really tanked twice in their entire franchise history. Mm -hmm. And uh, one we'll of those times they came up with David Robinson, the other time Tim Duncan. So I think, uh, I, I, I think fortune tends to favor them. So if, if they get Wembenyama out of this, they'll be, they'll be perfectly happy with yeah. where the season is. And then Pop will coach till he's like 125. <laughs> That's <away>. right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why he would ever retire. Just, you know, keep, keep doing it. He can say anything he wants yeah. in, in, in the press. He can do whatever he wants at any time. And he could potentially coach one of the top talents, uh, potentially a generational talent that could be coming mm -hmm. into the NBA. Yeah, he'd be sticking around for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, man, imagine that, man. Imagine David Robinson into Duncan, into, all right, there's been a few years since Duncan retired, but then into to Victor Wembanyama. Like, that's, what, what a run. Like, you, you know, that, that'd Not be bad. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Good to work if you can get it, I suppose. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's wrap things up there. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office show right here on YouTube. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast version, check us out over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.